Welcome to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Tazria Sheni, the second Aliyah in Parshas Tazria. Our Aliyah is 12 Pesachim long, running from Perig Yudgim, Pasuk Vov to Pasuk Yud Zion. The topic of our Aliyah is the plague of leprosy. Remember that this Aliyah actually started on the topic in the previous Aliyah, where a person has some sort of defect on their skin. They're presented in front of the Kohen. The priest then locks them up for seven days. Our Aliyah picks up over here. Now the Kohen takes out this person, looks at them on the seventh day, and if the if this plague, if this, this spot on the skin has now keha, it is dimmed, it is not spread, then the coin will purify the person, and uh, and uh, and he can wash his clothes and become pure. However, if it does spread, um, then um, then after the day that he purified him, then he is brought back to the coin, and uh, the coin will make him. Impure, he gets he gets saras. We now hear that in any case where saras is brought to the coin from the person, there's a, there's a levana ba'or, and let's say it's a white splotch on the person, and it now has a white hair in it, and there is also good live skin in this area. Then it's called saras noshenes. Um, it is a type of tsaras which is impure, but he does not need to be locked up. He goes becomes tome right away. So it's interesting that. Actually, good healthy skin, good healthy areas in it is actually uh, perhaps a sign of impurity in this case as well. I mean, there's various different descriptions of this type of thing spreading, and let's um, um, say if a person is is covered from head to toe as well, then they're they're pure until the point that it starts healing. The same kind of thing as well. Then the, the person will become impure. So a few basics over here just to appreciate what's going on here is that first of all, is saras still around? So technically speaking, the way that it's usually translated is the word leprosy. However, as Rabbi Arya Kaplan points out in his footnotes to the Living Torah, that the word leprosy itself comes from the word in Greek, in the, which is lepra, which is a leprous curse, um, and it is not related to some common diseases today, like Hansen's disease, which is a germ which is called the Mycobacterium lepra. Um, it was not a physical symptom it was a spirit. It was perhaps it was a, a physical symptom of a spiritual defect. That means to say that it is coming from a spiritual place as well. Um, so even though there is leprosy, technically speaking, today that is not what is referred to. Then this is caused by a spiritual trigger. The Ramban at the end of the parasha in Pasuk Mem Zion actually points out that this was a blessing that was given to Israel, and it was only in effect when they were in the land of Israel and they were close to Hashem. This isn't a punishment. It is a blessing to be on a spiritual level in which a person lives on a plane where their actions can trigger um, certain responses. That means that if they act in a certain way or don't act in a certain way, there is an immediate, clear, incandescent response about how they are doing and what they should be doing with that. That is a very profound point. Says the Ramban, it's a blessing which we no longer have and it was only in the time when we lived in Israel under the auspices, direct auspices of Hashem in such a, such a state of existence. Now, speaking of which, so what actually triggers it? What are the spiritual triggers for this as well? So very famously, we all have heard the concept that Tsaras comes is a is is a is an outcome of speaking Lashon Hara, and we'll see that that certainly is a significant aspect of it. However, the Gwarin Erechin on Daf Tesayim and Adapta actually tells us there are seven spiritual causes that can bring about a person getting Tsaras. And let's go through each of them. The first one is Lashon Hara. This is based on a Pasuk in Tehillim, which says, that uh, when described that a person who defames his neighbor in secret, I will destroy him. That's what Hashem says, meaning causing him to suffer. And that's referred to as Tsaras. The next one is Shvichus Damim, if there is, God forbid, murder. 
This refers to the, re- the, the, the story in Shmuel Bey's Perekimel, where David Abedah curses the house of, Yerov, of Yoav, who uh, was his general for murdering Avner, and he tells him that, that you will always have lepers in your family, and that's as a function of um, Yoav's perhaps um, readiness to kill people, um, even when trying to protect David. It was too, it was too fast to kill. Um, the, third op- uh, the third one is Shavuas Shav, a false for the false oath, and this the um, this over here actually goes to the story in Melachim Bey's Perek Hey, um, in which Gechazi, who is the, the the attendant of Elisha, goes behind Elisha's back and tries to get um, and uh, and tries to get a, a payment for the favor that um, Elisha the prophet does for Naaman, who is a general in the armies of Aram. And um, because he d- does not tell the truth and he swears falsely on this, he then re- inherits the leprosy that Naaman was healed from, and it comes to, to Gehazi himself. Um, the fourth one is Gilui Arayos, immorality. And this is described because we know in Bereshis Yud Beis, this is where in Lech Lecha, where Paro um, is punished with Negaim, with plagues, because of taking Sarah, abducting Sarah. That's another example of Negaim, was understood to be Tsaras. The the um, the next power one is is Gasus Ruach, um, which is this is the fifth one is haughtiness. This refers to King Uziah or Azariah, who was um, who who decided that he wanted to serve in the Beis even though he was not a priestly descendant. He immediately received Saras Saras Zarchav Mitzchav. We're told in Devarim Beis and Perak Chavav, and then the sixth one is Gezel theft. Um, and this refers to the way, uh, this refers to, as we'll see in Parsha Smetzorah, in the next Perikin Parsha, when the coin ha- addresses a house which has um, Tzoraz, the house is emptied out. All the, so, so to speak, that's symbolic of all the things that perhaps were hiding that, that belonged to other people. And finally, Tsarus Ayin, which is the seventh, oh, which is a person who is stingy. Again, that's Ba Kolash Asher Lamabayas, that uh, a person has to take out everything in their house, which they wanted to be exclusively theirs, is now being publicly um, um, shown as well. The Marashah, actually, in his commentary on this Gomorrah, does make an interesting point that there are seven different forms of Tzaraz that we're going to be seeing, and they perhaps each of them relates to seven the seven different causes, these spiritual faults in a human being as well. Finally, one last question earlier is, can a Kohen overlook a Nega? Can a Kohen overlook a plague? And the answer is yes. Rashi actually quotes over here, in Paul um, that there are two times where a coin will not look at the plague, you know, it's not pronounced the person impure, and that is a chasan, a, gr- a groom during the seven days of Yeshua Brachas, or um, on the Yom Tov as well. There'll be times where um, the, the, for any person on Yom Tov, so in, in a certain sense it's almost like there's a little bit of leeway here where in order to avoid a person at a very special time in their life being made to be impure at that point in time, which begs the question then is, so what is this? What, how does this work exactly? If the person's pure or impure, what does it have to do with seeing? And that's perhaps precisely how this whole, this whole, this whole business operates, is that the, the coin has to examine the whole person. When examining the person, he's not simply trying to cure an ailment, trying to give a pill to avoid a particular symptom which is troubling a person. He's looking at the entire person. And there's times where you have to look at the entire person and understand that objectively in that context, as the Misha Chachma points out, where a Kohen needs to look at the entire person. If the person's in a context in which 
Here, this is a personal or a communal simcha. That person perhaps does not need to be proclaimed impure at this point in time. And Rabbi Mordechai Wedek has a beautiful article where he describes that, that perhaps that is ex- precisely the, the lesson about marriage itself. Is that when a person gets married, they're used to their own habits, they're used to the way of living in their, their bachelorhood, in spinsterhood, and they're, they're living, they're, 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 they have their own space and their own habits and their own way, own way of doing things. Now, they live in very close quarters to somebody who does things a little differently, um, perhaps squeezes the toothpaste out in a different way, and perhaps is clean or timely in a very different way, and orderly in a different way than they were, or not orderly or not timely. Uh, and and those kind of things become difficult and a person can fixate upon those and become very upset. But if a person looks at the whole person and realizes that they married this person, they're in this relationship because they wanted to be this person as a whole, then these small details melt away in the larger picture. That's really what, what, what's happened over here. And that's the lesson of proclamation of a, of a chassad in the seven days of, of his shabrach. Similarly, um, in, in, a, in, in the same way, that's why, usually speaking, we know that there, there is a concern for Tumas Am Haaretz, where a person is a um, not knowledgeable Jew. There are certain concerns about Tum and Tara. They, do they keep all the laws of purity and impurity? Um, um, but when it comes to, on the festival, we consider even the Amaratsim, those who are not knowledgeable as Chaverim, as knowledgeable people, because it's a time when we see the whole of Klal Yisrael, when you see everybody together, and we don't examine in a guide, we don't examine at those times, the times of Simcha, we don't examine all the precise details and exclude and disqualify people as well. And that's perhaps one of the lessons to be learned. It's very famously the word Nega itself, a plague, if the letters are arranged in a different order, it is, it is Oneg, which is um, enjoyment, pleasure something which is special, and that really depends where you put the I in, in the letter. The I in is the letter, but also means the I, how you see it. And that's perhaps the letter, le- the ex- lesson that Rashi is teaching us in the exclusions from the proclamation of the Negat Saras. With this, we conclude the second Ali. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful